This is Tom Lee from NEGM Catalyst, and we're talking today with Amy Compton Phillips, the Executive Vice President and Chief Clinical Officer for Providence Health and Services, and the leader of NEGM Catalyst Care Redesign. In my opinion, one of the great leaders in healthcare today. Uh, she's been doing cool, creative things, uh, first at Kaiser and now for the last few years at Providence St. Joe's. You know, Amy, you've taken the concept of value, stuff that people like Michael Porter and I write and talk about, and you're actually doing it. And so thanks for taking the time today to talk with us about the program you've been creating. First, I really appreciate the opportunity. Tan- thanks, Tom. Well, first, just to tantalize our audience, you know, tell me something that you're really, really proud of, something specific that's, that you feel like this is completely cool that's going to make me jealous. Can I cheat and have a two-part answer to that question? Because, you know, something that I I think we should be really proud of at Providence St. Joseph is the environment. And that environment is one that actually says, um, looks around at what healthcare is doing today and said, while we have medical miracles um, that abound, our ability to deliver those miracles for everyone in the country, whether you're urban or rural, or whether you're rich or poor, or whether you're based in the north or the south, that you know, it, it's it's not evenly distributed. And so, because we haven't really solved for that, um, Providence St. Joseph looked around and said, you know, we are an industry ripe for disruption. And how do we do that? How do we disrupt ourselves? How do we think differently? about how to solve for the problems in healthcare and started actually really creating an environment that allows us to try and try different things, take risks, um, and think out of the box. And so so we've been working with a lot of partnerships from outside of healthcare to say let's let's do the things that it takes to to really mix it up the way we're doing things. So that's part one, um, creating an environment that's completely innovative, taking risks while keeping um, excellent patient outcomes at the center and the heart of everything that we do. But but the second answer to that, um, the second half of the answer, is that one of the key ways we are, we are creating that environment is by leveraging data in really different ways. Um, and that's by unlocking the secrets of the information that we all know that we have, but we haven't been able to present in a way that's compelling. And part of that magic, we have great people now within within Providence St. Joseph, including uh, our chief medical analytics officer, Ari Robichek. And he's this really interesting combination of a physician, data scientist, um, a, a, a data savant that's able to really tease out information, and an artist that's able to present that information in a way that's compelling and tells a story. And and because of that, we can get information back to clinicians and to caregivers in a way that helps them just see how they're doing and what they're doing. And because nobody comes to work to do the wrong thing every day, when physicians and, and nurses see what they're doing in a way that has no judgment, that just illuminates their practice, you don't have to tell them to change. You don't have to ask them to change. They inherently want to do the right thing for their patients, and they inherently start doing the things to make their practice better. And so having this this innovative atmosphere combined with um, a data structure and transparency that allows for, for change to happen has been a really fabulous combination. Okay, so uh, you're being effective. I am jealous. I, I'm, I'm sitting here thinking my colleagues in Boston 
we kind of invented the box or claim credit for it. And you're going outside of it. You're not only going outside of it, you're organizing to go outside of the box systematically. Whereas for us, it's sort of like occasional acts of creativity and rebellion. Uh, tell me, how at Providence St. Joe's are you organized to do this kind of, in, of innovation? So we have um, we have a clinical structure that's that is organized around care delivery, um, and and so we have you know traditional things like quality, but we also have our chief value officer in the mix. We have our chief medical analytics officer that actually says value is exactly like like you and Michael Porter um, told us ages ago now, and and Elizabeth Teesberg told us um, is that value is outcomes over cost. And so we've actually put a lot of thought into saying what are the outcomes that matter to patients and how might we um, actually start measuring those. So we have clinical institutes that we went to the clinicians that that do our major kinds of uh, service lines slash patient conditions, so cardiovascular and and cancer. And so we went to the experts that work in our clinical institutes and said, what are the outcomes that matter to you? What are the outcomes that that we use something called the give a darn test. Um, what are the outcomes that your colleagues um, would care about if they were better than their neighbor? And what are the outcomes that your patients would care about if you were better than your neighbor? And if a measure actually is in both those sets, then, then that's an outcome that matters. So we've used our institutes to say what matters. Um, we've used our analytics to measure what matters and measure the cost. And then we present that information back. So that's on the value side. We also have an innovation infrastructure um, where we brought in a, a, a person who helped build the Amazon Kindle, a man named Aaron Martin, um, who who said, okay, now how do we start adding things like digital into the mix and telehealth into the mix? And then we brought in a chief financial officer from Microsoft who said, okay, how did Microsoft and how did how do the um, the tech industry use information in different ways? And so so we've been coming at innovation from the value framework on the clinical side, but also um, combining it with tech thinking um, to come up with different kinds of solutions to solve for value. So. It's been fun. All right. So these give a darn measures that you alluded to, that was something that gave me a fit of jealousy when I first heard about it. Can you tell us a little more about it and you know, give us some examples and tell us something about how you're using these, this subset of measures that you're classifying as give a darn measures? Sure. Um, so let's just take, for example, hips and knees. You know some of the classic things that that every system is working on ever since the uh, the CMS pilots came out. That there are a lot of measures that you can look at on whether or not you're doing well with hips and knees, and it's everything from length of stay to infection rates to revision rates to to all these kind of inside baseball measures. Um, and if you ask a patient why they get their hip replaced, they're would very rarely tell you um, to avoid a hospital of readmission or to shorten my length of stay, right? They want their, their, their function to be better. And so we recognized that, as, as did the International Consortium for Health Outcomes Measures. So, so we said, okay, what is the world of measurement? Everything from, from what the American Orthopedics um, Association 
has on their list, that CMS has on their list, that ICHOM has on their list. And so we use that as the superset um, to start narrowing down what the measures that give it our test would be. Um, the ones that passed the give it our test were things like uh, functional status, um, that uh, infection rates made it in, um, uh, length of stay made it in, I'm trying to think of it. And it was, it was really things that made a difference to patient outcomes um, is, is the ones that made, uh, made it onto our short list. We then are able to display that in an index for that particular one. We roll it up into 100. We've asked, the again, the, the physicians in that institute to say, do we risk adjust? If we do risk adjust, how do we risk adjust um, so that we can have comparable information and then we display that information um, in an unblinded fashion for the for the clinicians and the administrators supporting them um, to compare how they're doing in terms of both outcomes and costs compared to everyone else in our system. And what that sets up is is a learning system because it turns out that um, that you know there are some people that are doing really well on both outcomes and low on costs. And so, you know, the first first step we had it is, well, man, should we just like, you know, fire all the bad doctors that are expensive with bad outcomes? But when you look at it, it turns out that that is not at all the case um, because there's a lot of things that go into that mix. You know, part of it is the indirect cost in one facility in a in a high cost area has some different overhead. So, so we had to start teasing out what are the things that are in the control of the clinicians and how do we just display that? Um, and when you do that, um, you actually, and, and breaking it out into categories of like length of stay and cost of supplies and OR time, um, it turns out that no one physician, no one facility has everything nailed. That um, even though we have some overall really excellent people that are providing high quality outcomes at a low price point, um, they might be particularly high in pharmaceutical costs and someone else is high in length of stay. And because length of stay contributes more to the, the cost structure overall, they're, they're more expensive. But there's still opportunities for everybody to improve. And what that's done, um, being able to show this information without judgment, just, just for visualization purposes, it gets people talking to each other. So, so in our little beta test that we had of our system, all we did was show the information to our, our clinical leaders at our institute and said, here's your information. What do you think about it? Um, over the course of two months, they took $750,000 out of the cost of care and actually increased the patient outcome slightly just by showing them the information. And people, you know, no, no physician likes being in the wrong part on that quadrant. And so because they saw the areas that they had opportunity to do something different in, they just started doing different things. They talked to their colleagues, figured out what it was, and, and were able to do it. It's holding up a mirror where so often we just don't have a mirror in healthcare to know what we're doing and know what to change. Um, and when people have a mirror, they're perfectly happy to do things differently if it makes outcomes better for their patients. Well, my hope and fancy is that these give a darn measures is actually a path toward making measures not something that's deadening for our co physician colleagues, but something that actually renews them and helps, you know, helps fight burnout and resilience. Is, is that too optimistic? I don't think it's optimistic at all. I think it's realistic. Um, I, and I think that's exactly what our clinicians would tell you because 
because they're not being overwhelmed by minutia. They're having the few things that they care about and have tools to help um, do something about it. So, you know, there's probably nothing more disempowering than being shown information and being held accountable without any actionable possibility to change it. Um, in this case, they're being empowered rather than being managed. Well, that's great. Now, you mentioned ICHOM, the International Consortium for Health Outcomes Measurement, and uh, that's the group that's been pushing the concept of PROMs and standardizing them for some time. It started uh, not far from where I see my patients, you know, in Boston, and you've gone and hired away some of its, some of its leaders. Uh, that tells me that you're really interested in, in PROMs, and so what's your thinking these days about PROMs? Is it an idea whose time has come? It is absolutely an idea whose time has come. I mean, when you think about measures that matter, um, go back to that, that hip replacement that we just talked about. What matters more about whether or not you can go up and down steps and, and walk your daughter down the aisle at, at a wedding or um, uh, play golf again, right? I mean, that's why people go to healthcare. You, you need to know whether or not life is better after going to healthcare. And for that, you have to ask the patient. And, and so we really do believe um, at, at Providence St. Joseph that it's an idea whose not only time has come, but whose um, really should be the North Star guiding us in terms of determining whether or not the work we're doing is adding value to our patients and the communities we serve. Well, I'm thrilled that you're doing this work, and I really don't think I'm overstating when I say you're not only providing a North Star for Providence St. Joe's, but I think for the rest of the country as well, and I'm delighted that you seem to be having a great time while you're doing it. So I'm hoping that we can keep checking in with you and that you'll continue to have a steady stream of things that are going to make me and a lot of other people in healthcare jealous and inspired at the same time. Well, and we hope that uh, people come on us on the journey with us and uh, we can learn from them and they can learn from us and together all of us will, will really help make uh, great care affordable and available for everybody in the U.S. because I think that's the ultimate aim. Thanks so much, Amy. Thanks, Tom. Appreciate it.